0: Are you ready to be awakened and empowered in your calling and purpose? Are you a builder and shaper of the church, marketplace, and society? Welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Schneider, and I look forward to helping you get equipped as a catalyst of the kingdom in your sphere. We are going into part two of our special broadcast interview with Dr. Sunday Adalaja, talking about the Russian and Ukrainian conflict and other things around what God is doing in that part of the world. You're not going to want to miss this. I want to invite at this time a young emerging apostle, Mark Wong, uh, if you could unmute and give your question to Dr. Sunday Adalaja. All right, thank you uh, so much, uh, Apostle Derek and Dr.
1: Sunday for having me on today. I wanna just thank you for your stance, man of God. I remember the first time I connected with your ministry, I saw you on TBN, praise the Lord, and you preached a message on the generation of Enoch, and I will never forget that message. That was six or seven years ago now, probably, but I will never forget that. That message drove me to my knees. So thank you so much for your stand and i praise god for your life um my question is along the same lines of uh, uh apostle alan Caron wrong misinformation and disinformation there's a lot of um influential christian leaders today who are saying um the there's a neo nazi faction in, in in ukraine the um azov battalion and they are behind a lot of the death and destruction it's it's not russia and a lot of christians are believing this and here in the west you know we personally we don't know really know what to think or what to believe because a lot of things are being said I just want to ask you what would you say to uh people who have that belief uh, that the Azov battalion are behind uh, a lot of the death and the destruction that we see in Ukraine today
2: oh you guys are so enlightened I would not expect people to know but all these things are battalion (laughs) like I'm impressed. I'm impressed. And yes, I actually, somebody actually sent me a video about the second, uh, I mean, they said it's an alternative view. And, you know, that's exactly, the, this is a preacher, a Christian who was preaching this. And uh, you know what? what? We Christians, and not just Christians alone, people all over the world globally, we make a mistake when we look at the world either in, in the shape of black or white. So, you know, I have a book that I called uh, The Law of Difference. That not don't very few things are black or white. So the law of difference is saying, look at advantages and look at things that are good, even in the things that you don't agree with. Okay, because most of the people in our world today, and Christians, is either you are with me or you are against me. If, 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 if you are not agreeing with me, it means that, um, yeah, you are bad. You know, that's, that is, the, this thing. This is exactly what some people are exploiting. And this is what the people in the third world countries are, saying are exploiting. We, people in the West, if you look at Western media, Western, Western media is painting Putin as evil and only evil. But then there are other people that will come to you and say, why do you mean only evil? This guy that is not allowing this rubbish to happen in his country, how can it be evil? You allow it, you are evil. Look, but how could they be so evil? If only evil? Why only evil? Is fighting against necessary? Oh, why evil? Why only evil? So that's our problem sometimes. And that is the mistake. One thing that I would like to correct in the Western projection of this world, of this world, is that they are projecting it as if Ukraine is totally a saint nation. And, and Putin is just evil and totally evil, all evil. And that's the problem because other people say, but I have eyes, I'm seeing some things that are okay in what he's doing. So that is where the issue is. But no matter what he does right, we must also be able to say, he's also not good or totally good. Just like there's no one that's totally good. So uh, we, 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 we could say yes, there are some things he might be doing right, but what he has done now, what he has done against Ukraine must be condemned by everybody. This is evil. I don't care what other things he's doing that he got right, but what he's doing now in relation to Ukraine is evil. And so concerning the Azov Battalion, and by the way, we just lost, uh, I think uh, maybe some of you saw the post that. Uh, Derek made, some members of our church actually served in that battalion. And yes, if I am to stand here today and tell you that there is nothing like that element of extreme nationalism in Ukraine, and there is no no there are no people who hold that view in uh, Ukraine, uh, either it's Azov or other people, then I'll be lying to you. But that is another thing that, uh, you know, some of us try to close our eyes on. And when we close our eyes on those things, then people like who, who want to support Putin or people who are just neutral say, but I saw the video, I saw this fact. So why will you now say you don't have these things? So I think the thing is about the truth really, you know, and the truth could be en- anywhere. You could find truth anywhere sometimes, elements of truth at least. So the truth is, Ukraine used to be, I don't think it is anymore. And I think God is using this war in a great way to change Ukraine. Ukraine used to be one of the most nationalistic nations in the world, and at least in Europe. It used to be a great national movement that want to say Ukraine only for Ukrainians. But you see the way God has humbled us. Now, we Ukraine and Ukrainians were helpless before Putin, before the evil that's coming from Russia. Now, Ukraine needs the world like never before. So you see how God changes psyche of people. So from being Ukraine just for Ukrainians, now we are going. We became a nation where we have to run for our lives to all those other nations to so seek for survival. You see, God is changing that comp- that. That, that, but, it's, but still, it is wrong for Putin to say that as of a battalion or, national, uh, or nationalistic uh, Nazis people are, ta- are taking over Ukraine. No, none of them is in the parliament. None of these people in the parliament. Not, they have parties, but none of them won because the majority of Ukrainians will not vote for them. So majority Ukrainians are not Nazis and they don't uh, subscribe to that. But The problem is that even if it's a tiny group of nationalist people, I will not say Nazis. Nazis is too strong. And we have have those too. And a lot of them are indeed not as of, which is true, but uh, but it is not, it can, it doesn't, it can, it doesn't, uh, they don't take the policies. They don't, they don't, they don't make the law in Ukraine. Now the problem we have with them is that why, you, you know, people who argue for Putin will say, okay, for example, if the government wants to do anything, let's say the government says, we want to, um, we want to prosecute a, cor- a particularly corrupt politician or a somebody that belongs to that side, that killed somebody, let's say a member of the nationalist group killed one person or even killed uh, a member of parliament. The, go- the police will arrest the guy And then these strong, very strong people, because they are are very extreme. So they will come to the street, block the activities of the government, block the government house, until the government releases them. So the government doesn't have any option than to release because of the pressure that is coming from So they are not in government, they are not in parliament, they are not anywhere, but they are so violent that they push the government to the wall and the government just have to do their bidding. That is where the problem is in Ukraine. And what with this war now also, they day they, the nationalists are seeing Westerners coming to fight for them. are seen seen uh, the old wars standing before them. I think it's doing something with them that no, it means we are wrong. Our worldview is wrong. So, but what Putin is trying to say is to use that as an excuse. Yes, they are powerful, small group, but powerful and they will have their ways but it's not enough to use it to describe the whole of Ukraine. And it's not an excuse to come and invade the whole country. Because this Azov uh, battalion, even the, the American Congress unloved it and made it a criminal organization. And many other people also did that because they are extremists, but they don't represent Ukraine. Yes, Ukraine, the, maybe one of the things that people, you, you, Russian and other people use is that Ukraine try to um, try to uh, kind of accommodate them because if Ukraine was looking for a way to accommodate them. So what they did is that they brought them into the army and integrated them into the army. That is another thing that people will use because, but if Ukraine didn't do that, they were going to fight the government. And you know, it, was, it could lead to some, some kind of conflict in the country. So there is an argument there. We, but what, what the Western media will do is to tell you, no, it's wrong. It's just Putin's propaganda. But then when you see the fact, then you begin to say, but wow, I just saw that. Wow, it's just propaganda when they are facts. So we cannot out- just outrightly say, this is wrong. It's not true. It's propaganda. It's wrong. No, 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 no. no, Then we will be in the side of non-truth. non-truth. And then Satan will be able to attack us. So we had a problem with that. But this war is really helping Ukraine to deal with it.
0: Wow. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you, Dr. Sunday. The next person I want to bring out is Dr. James Davis. Uh, Pastor, you may have seen him in some the, some of the photos with Trump, some of the video with uh, President Trump. He works closely with Dr. Daryl Scott, Daryl and Belinda Scott. Welcome to the broadcast. Uh, feel free to pose your question. And by the way, it's a real privilege to have you here. I love what God is doing through you, and we're looking forward to more in, in America.
3: <laughs> yes, sir. Thank, thank you for the opportunity, and I'm humbled at the uh, the invitation to uh, to speak to Dr. Sunday. Um, the, I guess my question surrounds, I, I have some connection to Ukraine in, in addition to being a pastor, I'm a bit of a serial entrepreneur and we, I, I worked with a company that I handled the financing for that owned farms there. And so I'm intimately acquainted, uh, you know, having traveled to Kyiv a couple of times. I know the, the resilience of the people there and, and I guess my question portends to the spiritual side of it also, um. Because there are those in, in, in my circles that believe that Putin is a, is a tool in the hand of God that is uh, dealing with some of the corruption that's even connected to the United States of America with respect to money laundering and that type of thing. And that you know, he's ridding that, uh, that scourge that um, has affected our nation. Uh, in addition to child trafficking and drugs, you, know, you have all the litany of things, you know, some of it conspiracy, some of it real. But then also having heard from just a few moments ago the question about, and, and when you talked about uh, Ukraine being the largest Christian nation, I'm, I'm, I marvel at that. And so I, I, I guess the point is, or, or the question I'm trying to get to is, is he a tool in the hand of God or, or a tool in the hand of, of the enemy that wants to <laughs> stop? <laughs> you know, who is he working for, <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, uh, in that, does he want to stop the evangelism that will spill out of and revival that will spill out of and the influence, you know, that will spill out of Ukraine because of so many uh, Christians on the ground there and the work that you've done. And I've, like I said, I marveled at from afar for a long time.
2: Beautiful. Thank you so much, my brother. Now, like I said earlier on that we Christians are not just we Christians. And this is one thing that we have to correct with a, attitude of the media western media is that we can, we can it's not possible for something to be totally evil and something to be totally good so now is he an instrument in the hand of god or in the end of satan i will say both mm. wow i think what is happening even though who have been initiated by satan but it's being used by God in a big way. And it's going to be used by God in a big way that we are all still going to thank God for Putin one one, one time or the other. Mm. Because like you said, it's true. Ukraine in our efforts to embrace the West and to go to the West at all costs, not the people, but these are the political elites of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. The politicians, the people in the power, the, the, you know, it's one of the most corrupt in, the, in, the, in Europe, at least. It's one of the most corrupt in the Europe and money laundering and all kind of evil that you could imagine. They were involved with that. They were ready to sign into anything that comes from the West. And I'm sure you've heard about the situation with the son of your president. Yes. That was happening in Ukraine. That was happening in Ukraine. <laughs> And if you if you've been in the if you've been if you are in the camp of uh, Trump, the people who were used to try to steal the election and bring compromises against Trump were all people from Ukraine. Wow. Even though many of them everything ended up on the table of Russia, but a lot of this was coming from Ukraine and Ukrainian people were involved in all that. So, but not Ukraine people, but Ukraine government. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, yes, so this war is totally rebuffing. It's a rebirth, it's a total rebirth of a nation, of Ukraine. So even though Putin is thinking this war is going to destroy Ukraine or is going to you know, uh, you know, you know, take Ukraine back. But what I'm saying, is that this war is going to give birth to a new nation that will embrace true values, a new nation that will get rid of corrupt past, a new nation that will lead, that will, that will, that will bring a new generation of leaders forward that will know what is right. And God is also exposing Ukraine to real Western values by letting five, I mean, one quarter of the whole country go out of the country. To be able to see new values, new people, new understanding. So, to say Satan is just, I mean, putting it just evil, only God, only Satan just using him, no, no, I don't think so. I think there are some values that, because of our communist past and common past with Russia, you know, and if you believe the Bible the way I do, it will be difficult for you. To not see that anytime there is war in the scripture, God always allows it and uses it as a tool of judgment. Yes. Both judgment of the nation that the war is against and of the nation that is the aggressor. So, True. so war, therefore, is a form of judgment. And judgments don't come if there are not some values to be redirected and reshaped. Mm-hmm. So I cannot say because I'm feeling the pain of loss and the I have the cries and and the, the tears of, of of devastation. Then I should allow my eyes to go blind to what God wants to do and is doing. Wow. Wow. So yes, right now people in Ukraine don't want to see that. They don't want to consider that. Just let us all condemn Putin, that's it. Just let us all just fight him and win. Yes, that is understandable. But if we want to be deeper and have foresight, we should also be asking ourselves, what are the things God wants to change in us? And what are the things that we, we, you know, God wants to give birth to in our life, in our nation's life that will make us, the kind of people that we're supposed to be. For example, and just one simple example. You know, there was a time when these Arabs and uh, Syrians and maybe Afghan people and Kurdistan people were rushing a few years ago. They were all rushing like refugees to Europe. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there was a big refugee crisis of when the Syrian war was going on. And -hmm. all these men were coming and running away and they, They locked, it's not like now. Europe didn't open up immediately to them like now. They locked them out and it took a lot of time before they get it. But let me tell you what was going on in Russian-speaking countries, in Ukraine included. Ukrainians were laughing. Russians too were laughing. And condemning the West and saying, the West has become so weak. How could you allow your country to be invaded by this, like...
3: Hmm.
2: No human almost non-humans. Like, I mean, why do you so because later on Germany and other countries began to accept them. They said, oh no, we don't want to go to Europe again because Europe has been hijacked by all these people, Africans and uh colored and uh you know and uh you know this this uh, they, they are they are they are they are changing the shape and look of Europe. They are destroying the whole thing. So these are things that Russians and they don't, they didn't understand the word compassion. Mm. They didn't understand the word empathy. They didn't, if it's not happening to us, nobody cares about it. People just laugh and joke about it. But now, we have been so humbled. Mm. To the extent that we now are in the same place. Those same refugees and Syrians used to be and we have been smitten by the meaning of love, compassion, empathy, and acceptance. So these are some of the things, deeper things God is doing with Ukraine and with Ukrainian people. Now, when 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 who is that guy that was killed in America? The Floyd something? George Floyd? Is it Floyd? Yeah, George Floyd. When that happened, you will see nations holding marches and uh, demonstrations. The streets of London, uh, Berlin, Australia, uh, Sydney—everywhere you see people marching in support mm-hmm. of, of the black race and black people. That you don't know, just treat them like animals. They are no more slaves, but for God's sake, I mean, I mean, rise up, say mm-hmm. something, raise your voice. I mean, yeah. But Ukrainians and Russians—you know what we are doing? We are saying, what nonsense is this? What is America becoming? allowing these people to, to, to destroy the, the America. No, that man is a, is a, is a that George Floyd is a criminal. He's, wow. a, he's, he's a drug addict. That's the way it must be treated. No compassion, mm. no empathy, no understanding of equal, equality, equal right, or the right of other people. Mm-hmm. And you see, that is what you see in Putin.
0: He, he doesn't
2: have the understanding of the right of other people in the sense of Ukraine, that country, that, so they have that. This is they are all coming from this common past, commonest past of, you know, this is is rooted in in their history and in their culture. And when war, things like tragedy like this come, we are we are smitten, we are broken, we are humiliated, we are we are forced to come to a place of brokenness as a whole nation. Mm. I'm begin to see the world in a different light. So this some of this, So these are some of the things that will you make me to not to say completely that just sit and walk in, but no, both of them are in action.
0: Tremendous. Wow. Great wow. question, Pastor. Great question, great answer. <laughs> I want to go now to our good friend, Bishop Michael uh, Badger. And as we are, please, if you haven't shared the broadcast yet on your Facebook, feel free to do that. But Bishop Badger, go ahead. Let's hear your question. Welcome to
4: the broadcast today. Well, thank you. It's, it's a pleasure to be here, Apostles. Good to see you. Uh, and I'm going to just piggyback on some of the things that you, you begin to touch on. Um, You know, in America, it is said that the most segregated time in America is on Sunday. Um, In the foundation of this nation, there is a crack, uh, a chasm that is growing wider uh, because of racism. Um, You had the opportunity to be in a nation that is 99% Caucasian, but yet... Uh, to pastor the, the largest evangelical church, uh, being a Nigerian. And I'm just wondering what you were able to do to break down that color line uh, and the culture line. You know, it is said about Azusa that uh, during that time that uh, the color line was washed away by the blood of Jesus. At um, this is real sensitive for me right now because I live in Buffalo, New York. And, um, you know, I saw and I I know some of the people that were killed uh, by the young man, 18 years old. Um, These were mostly seniors. And uh, I got to tell you, you know, I have a real challenge right now with the white evangelical church. Because I believe that a lot of this lays at their feet uh, and their complicity by their silence. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I just, I guess at this point, I just wanna know how you were able to break down those walls uh, of culture, uh, of race, to be able to see a church. That is ninety nine percent Ukrainian. Uh, it, it it is for me. Uh, I've told people this that I, I think it is the greatest uh, ministry of evangelism since the Apostle Paul, in the sense of being able to evangelize a people that that is not from your culture. Uh, and I and I, I just you know how how were you able to do that? <laughs>
2: Wow, <laughs> there's a deep question. First of all, I want to uh, pass to you my condolences, to, not just to you, but through you to the people of Buffalo and all those families that lost their lives. And uh, you know, this is one of the things that uh, people who support Putin will point to and say, well, America is the same. It's as evil as Putin. Because for example, Putin uses, and he will use the example of all these guns, killings, because after Buffalo, I heard something just happened in Dallas or Texas yeah. or something. No,
4: just in Texas, yes.
2: Oh, yeah. Texas, yeah. So, and, um, you know, and the, and the whole world is, even in Western Europe where America has allies, this, and the whole world is always wondering, what stops this country from taking down these guns? We draw the guns, people are dying too much. But, you know, America has its own specific, I mean, its uh, specularities and, so every country, you cannot just say one country is just evil or bad. Same with uh, uh, white people. But I will tell you this. Ukraine, like I said, used to be one of the most nationalistic countries. And for a Ukrainian, even today, maybe because of the war now, because the whole world is fighting for Ukraine and supporting Ukraine, things are changing. It is an insult to have a Ukrainian go down the street to submit or listen to a Black person. It's not just because they are Ukrainians. Same, I think, with Russians, because it's just because of what they've been taught and told. So it's, just, it's that supremacy kind of thing that is an insult. I'm, okay, I can watch you play basketball and uh, football and uh, boxing and entertain me, entertain me, but don't teach me. You cannot teach me. So that attitude was there when I came to Russia and uh, Ukraine. For four years, I ministered and I couldn't get one Russian or Ukrainian saved. Mm. Four years. I could get people from other countries. I mean, black people saved, other people saved, but not these people. Because it's an insult. I would like to stand on my, on my knees before you or I would like, <laughs> Close my eyes before you, are you and you are telling me to do something or or nice and this. so but God I knew God told me to go minister in this country. As a matter of fact, in those four years, <laughs> I managed to have a small group of fellowship of believers, but they were all foreigners, Africans, Asians And God told me to leave the church, leave that, give out the fellowship. I didn't take you from Africa to Europe to come and pastor black people here. Hear I me, mean, how many black people are here in Russia, in Ukraine? They were less than 1%. Go and focus, find a way to minister to the locals. I brought you here for Europeans, for Caucasians. Get them, they are the ones who need the gospel, Russians, Ukrainians. But believe me, I'm not saying this to pump up myself, but believe me, I fasted for six months not full fast, I will eat in the evenings, but I will not eat, you know, during the day, but only once a day in the evening for six months, praying six hours every day for all those periods of time. That, God, how will I break through in this country? And when this church started and I made all the advertisements and publicity, nobody came. <laughs> I wanted to go back to my black people very fast. <laughs> so after struggling for a few months like that, I came back home one day because one woman came up and I said, I went I went to introduce myself, she's Ukrainian, she's white. And I said, oh, what's your name? She said, my name is Natasha Alcoholic. I said, is that, I've never heard such a last name before. Alcoholic, is that your last name? She said, no, that's who I am. Oh, could the, the compassion of God just, it was like a canopy of compassion, just fell on me. And I just said, you call yourself alcoholic? That, you said that's who you are? And then the spirit of God came upon me and I began to prophesy and said, you will not be known any longer. As Natasha alcoholic, you will be known as an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be your story will change, and the whole world will celebrate. You. I mean, I just began to celebrate. I mean, to prophesy of her. Anyway, to cut a long story short, that woman. Anyway, that's anyway, so I went back home, and I was so broken. I said, "My God!" Because I was coming from the university, I was coming. I was in television. You know, in Ukraine, I was the first black man to appear on television to lead a program. This was, I I mean, I was a star, so to say, in my profession. I did my master's degree in journalism. I got distinction, first class, beat all Russians, all Ukrainians, people from other hundred countries. And I got a good job. And I was the first black person presenting a program in their language. In, and, you know, in the former Soviet Union, in Russia, Ukraine, I was the first one. But here, and I talk, I left the ministry, I left the church, I, mean, I left my work and I'm starting a church and nobody will come. And the, then the only person who showed up is telling me I am alcoholic. So God, why did you even Why did you take me from what I did as a pity party? You know, why did you take me from what I was doing? And brought me to a place where I failed, and I'm failed. uh, And the only person who showed up said, I'm alcoholic. Then God just had mercy on me that day. Because I was thinking, why why did I fast? Why did I pray all these prayers? Nothing is working. But God just decided to, because I said, I will not sleep this night until I hear from you. And I was not here, and I was not here. But about three o'clock in the morning, I was just reading it, I was just playing the Bible, but I just went, I just saw this place. And it just said, Jesus, the, I mean, it was talking about Jesus, this different story, then all of a sudden from nowhere, he said, the poor, the outcast, the hungry, and the sick felt welcome by him. Oh, wow, I never saw this. Is this in the Bible? I can't believe it. Then what I could hear, I could just, it was like everyone opened. I could hear clearly my spirit God saying, you say, this is the ministry I want you to have. I want your, it's your problem. You are blaming the Ukrainians. You are blaming the white people. You are blaming their prejudice for why you don't have people come to you. Yes, they have those things, but you have greater problem. I said, "What's the right problem. I'm trying to help them. He said, because you are expecting them to come to you. Number one. Number two, you are expecting no more people to come to you. Because you are educated, you are coming from the university, you first finished first class, you did this, and you want professors to come, teachers to come, or the most, maybe nurses to come, or just ordinary, clean, normal, regular people to come to check. But I brought you just one person who is really in me. Those people, they don't feel they need me. But the only the one person who really isn't me, and now you are weeping here, because you have ego. You have your expectations. You have. You want people to come that will boost your ego. You want to be appear successful. Mm -hmm. You want to have a clean challenge. You want to identify and associate with people that will make you look good just started speaking to me personally about my inner issues, personal issues. And I knew that, forget about their issues, let me face my issues. And I began to repent. Then I could hear God continue to tell me, you see that woman that I sent to you? Yes, she's alcoholic, yes. Right now, she's alcoholic. Right now, she's lost. Right now, she cannot bring tithe to you. Right now, she cannot bring offering to you. Right now, she's smiling." But if I could trust you to love a woman like that, if I could trust you to remove your teeth to remove your tie, and remove your shirt, and remove your jacket suit, drop it, leave it, and go search for people like that, if I could trust you with them, the sick, the lost. The drug and the, the alcoholic, the bombs, the homeless, the street, the street people. If I could trust you to love them, like this scripture says, and make them feel so loved and welcome, like Jesus did to all these people. If I could trust you to do that, if they will come, I will trust the whole nation into your hand. And the mighty and the powerful and the people in government, they will come to you. Uh, but if I cannot trust you to love these people like I love them, I will not be able to trust you with what you, with, with, with what you desire to have, with the kind of trust you want. I cannot trust you with the regular people, with the clean people, with the... So, then it's just, and then I remembered immediately, Matthew, no, Matthew 25, that I was hungry. So that was the day God taught me the biggest lesson of my life. And that lesson is this ministry is not church. Ministry is not building. Ministry is not preaching. Ministry is not nice, suit, and shirt, and shirts and tie. Ministry is not miracles. Ministry is not preaching. So (laughs) I was dumb bastard, they say. If all this is not ministry, what is ministry? I'm done. It was like I was naked. You stripped me of everything. Everything I know to do, I've been stripped of them. If this is not ministry. So what then is ministry? It's a ministry is your ability to touch people with God's love. If you need something, to, if you need to preach, to touch people with God's love, use preaching. If you need to embrace, to touch people with God's love, embrace. If you need to teach, to communicate God's love to them, to touch them, just make sure they are touched with God's love. If you need to do miracles, to touch them with God's love, yes, those are all means. But ministry is about you laying down yourself and finding means and ways to make sure that people feel the touch of God's love. From that day, I went to look for that woman. I removed my suit and my tie and my clean shirt. People would not come to the church, so I decided I knew i have to go to them. I said, take me to where people like you are, where are drug addicts, where are homeless people, where where are alcoholics. On that day, I and her, two of us, began to look for where we could get all these people. She would come with that story. She would testify that God that God delivered her from drug addict, I mean from alcoholism after she met me. And I would just do my best. I would hug people, clean them up, cut their hair, wash them, put clothes on them, embrace them, weep with them. Anything I could do to make them feel that touch of God's love. I would talk to them minister to them, preach to them, pray for them just to make them feel that feeling of God's touch of love. You know, that is when people began to feel, get deliverance. You see, in Africa especially and some churches in the West, people believe in deliverance. For deliverance, you need to cut out demons and... When we began to just go, pray for people, make people feel the touch of God's love, let me tell you, in one year from having nobody these people, once I, I know when they transfer happens. I, I feel it when the virtue leaves me. When I begin to minister to, to people, either on the stage or a person uh, or from the television, when I mean just like some, one pastor said that he had watched me many years back, uh, you know, and on TBN, What well, that's what I try to do. I preach my message in a way that it will make whoever is there to feel the touch of God's love. That's ministry. So once, we do that to these people. You know what I began to the experience? People began to get wake up. I said, oh, oh, what did you do for me? Drug addiction goes. Alcoholism goes. In one year, from four years of not having one conversion, we had 1,000 born-again white people. And the reason is because
4: I was waiting
2: for regular white people to come. My expectations were wrong. But God told me, go look for the white people that are so desperate, that are so dead, that are so lost, that are so much in need, that they don't see color anymore. They don't see color anymore. So instead of waiting in my church for normal regular white people to come, they don't care for me. I began to just go and share God's love the touch of God's love with the white people that people don't even know are alive. In one year, we had 1,000 of them join our church, born, born, first time born again believers. And the deliverance were just coming, just by making them to feel the touch of God's love, caring for them. And the, then the God showed me, you see, the problem is not with their prejudice. The problem with, with your focus, your expectation. You are expecting the regular ones to come, but they don't see. They have been blinded by, the, by their pursuits, by their, f- by, f- by their focus, by their aspirations, by their desires, by their greed. You know, but there are some other white people in this same city, in any city, that are begging to God, that are crying to me, like the Israelites crying in Egypt I say, send somebody. But I was in that same city and I was not even hearing their crying. I was not looking for them. I was not a searching pastor. I was a pastor waiting for regular people to come. I was not
4: the one
2: going to search for the people that really are waiting and crying to God every day. People are committing suicide in this city. And I didn't even know about it. I was living my life. So that's how God changed my ministry. From not being able to have one white person by focusing on the people who are really in need and making them to feel the touch of God's love, my ministry changed. In one year, we were 1,000 people. In two years, we were 2,000 people. In uh, in, uh, in five years, we were 7,000 people. 10 years, we went to, kept on growing until we became the largest church in the country and in the continent, and that's it. The rest is story.
0: My gosh. You know, Bishop Badger, thank you for such a question, being so sensitive to the Spirit, and as well uh, for your compassion, your tears, your hunger for this message to touch America. This is the kind of message I want to identify myself with as well, this kind of gospel. Pastor, can you quickly mention, though, Natasha Alcoholic became Natasha (laughs) (laughs) Patapayeva. <laughs> can you can you just give the outcome, uh, the end of the movie, please? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I forgot. So to call the long story short, that woman that I despised my heart, I despise her. God forgive me again and again. Forgive me. I cannot stop crying for God to forgive me. I thought. How could she say she's alcoholic? I was so disappointed. I thought God broke my heart. I thought I was, I was a failure when she came to me. That how come after fasting for six months, after praying six hours a day, all these regalia, you know, respirational. After all the attempts, this is the best God could do. But today, when God said I should go love them like God will make them love, love them, make them feel loved like God will love them. I began to pour myself into that woman. She began to go with me. We began to preach together. Today, she's my most successful disciple, most successful minister. She, that woman in Ukraine, when she was in Ukraine, was pastoring a, a church of 3,000 people by herself. 3,000 people. She, by herself, opened close to a hundred churches, by herself, a woman. And when she was sixty years old, she left Ukraine, went to Russia, went to to to, to Europe, and started a church there, and has opened close to another hundred churches and rehabilitation centers. I am wrong, I was wrong, I was wrong. I was wrong. We don't see the way God sees. And how God wishes, we do see the way he sees.
0: Wow. And you see the racial divide, all of that, it just goes to pieces when it's the gospel of the kingdom on the wings of love. Thanks for listening to Transformation Generation Podcast. If you liked what you heard, visit historymakersacademy.com to enroll in one of our cutting-edge trainings. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, History Makers TV or download our History Makers Society app today.